Cross the Streams podcast, Kip back, man, this is going back to our original format of interviewing folks out there doing amazing work in the community, in the country, in the world, and in the past, Kane would come on and react, and I hope I can bring him back on after this, because I think our guests today and the work him and his organization have been doing are, are phenomenal and definitely worthy of not just hearing his story and, and using our platform to amplify the message a little bit, but also just bringing folks in to react to, to the amazing work. So I'm, I'm joined today, uh, but long story short, connections across everything, right? Basketball connections we found out about, men's engagement committee, uh, Aaron and the men's engagement committee with myself, finding Kyle, but I want to let him introduce himself and I'll go over. We got the chief empowerment officer and I love that tagline that's so amazing um from a long talk a long talk.com um mr williams because you kyle you introduce yourself to everyone and then we'll dive into all your bona fides but kyle williams is joining us well i guess i would like to say i'm a father of three and a son of many <laughs> I, I feel like you know uh, I'm, I'm from uh, a, a guy from plainfield new jersey raised by a community raised by a family of thinkers and um, you know, in raising sons in America as a black man in America, um, I just, I'm just, I'm just a guy who, who who wanted to speak up, man. I think a lot of my, you know, my backgrounds in education, um, but my kids hired me for this job that I'm doing now. You know what I'm talking about now. When I was a teacher, you wouldn't want. There was no reason for me to be on your podcast. I was just working <laughs> in schools, being a principal. But you know, my kids hired me for what I'm doing now. So I guess you know, as a, like I said, I'm father, a father of three. You know, son of many. Oh man, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal from your website specifically for some of this background and in setting the stage. A longtalk.com. Um, I, I it's so amazing. The very first thing you see, I, I love the visuals. Our goal is to have an anti-racist at every dinner table in America. Um, and man, what 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 a what a vision. Uh, you guys go on to lay out your purpose to erase racism and dismantle systemic oppression in America. The mission is energizing, activating, empowering allies. Um, and then the process, which I want to let you really dive into, I was so impressed with kind of the prep work and, and the pre-qualifying for folks to get in and prove kind of their authenticity. But just talk a little about your entry into this. I, I love your intro, Son of Many. What brought you to the, you know, the, the, the actual work that you're going about? Life experiences, being a teacher, I was a teacher for seven years myself. I know the classroom, when you're the teacher, you're really just the student that gets to stand up more, right? And listen. <laughs> indeed, but indeed. go ahead, talk about your entry into the work. Well, you, you know, as I said, I mean, I'm really honest in terms of the fact that my, my son's hired me for this job in a sense that, you know, I, I, live, in, I live in D.C. I'm a father of three sons, two in college, one in the ninth grade. My son's in college, play, play basketball. And as we were, you know, home, pandemic, George Floyd gets murdered, they wanted to go to the protest. And to be honest, their mom didn't want them to go to the protest. Rubber bullets, COVID, it was not a yeah. good look, you know, and, and she just asked me to go with them. So I literally went as a, as a bodyguard. Mm. You know, we go down there the week after George Floyd is murdered. And, you know, we're right in Lafayette Square Park. You know, not, not the day they cleared it out, but that park right there. And um, it was an incredible, it was an incredibly emotional, um, dangerous, uh, just, it was a lot going on that day. And as I drove home with my son, uh, my middle son, Elijah, who goes to Gettysburg College, he started cursing in the back seat, mm -hmm. just started cursing out of nowhere. And I'm like, what's wrong? And he, and he basically showed, tells me that he had been posting all day throughout, you know, as we were protesting and one of his teammates was reposting Tucker Carlson oh. underneath this, yeah, you know his hopes, and so at that moment he just wasn't having it. He yeah. just wasn't. He was angry. He was betrayed. Yeah, sort of lack of, yeah. He was betrayed 
they had never talked politics before. They had never talked about so, but it was, but it was at this moment he was betrayed. So they started texting. They got into a little heated text. I tried to be an old school dad. Call him, right? Yeah, yeah. It made it made it worse. Mm. They, they FaceTimed each other. So now they're on FaceTime. Both my sons. It's literally a FaceTime fight going on. Yeah. And this is just as we finish out this incredibly emotional day already. Yeah. I was I had it. Let them do what they got to do. I was sitting down trying to get myself together. Right. But then I thought about. The, the, the coach, because they were having a Zoom call the next day, that team. And I knew my son was going to show up with the same energy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it was a matter. I, and I and I thought about BJ and I said, Coach Dunn, and I said, let me at least reach out to him to give him a chance to, you know, I texted him. I said, yeah. you should call, you should talk to him tomorrow before the call. And he called me right away. Oh, wow. like he called me right then that night, 1030 night on Sunday. And he was like, is it a good time to talk? And it was not a good time mm-hmm. to talk. It wasn't. Yeah. It, was, it was a lot going on. And I didn't know. I had never talked to him about this stuff. Yeah. So I didn't know if the, my conversation could have gone the same right. exact way. Right. We're going to end up in the same right. FaceTime fight. Exactly. Because if he had said the, same, the wrong thing, he'd, he'd have caught it too. Like, yeah. we weren't having it. We just weren't having it. And, um, but he just listened. And, mm-hmm. and I'll just tie it for about 10 minutes. He just listened to me kind of talk about this pain, this anger. I've never seen George Floyd get killed. Mm-hmm. I've never watched that, that murder. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want that in my inside my spirit. Like, yeah. I don't have any, my cup running over on this stuff. Right. I don't have any space. But I tried to explain that to him, and I realized he didn't understand where I was coming from. He just, not he, good guy, but he, he didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And like most conversations I have with white men about stuff like this, I felt like it wouldn't go anywhere, it'd be it, and whatever. I kind of yeah. got it off my chest, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but then, but he did listen. He was open to listen. And for the next couple of days, we texted a couple of times, and then someone sent me a video a link to a video from the, the history of race in America by Jeffrey Robinson. And I watched this video and I watched it connect the dots better than I ever seen in my life. And I, and I, I, I said, coach, watch this and let's mm-hmm. talk for real. Mm-hmm. And he watched it. And within halfway through the blinders went off and he started, he, he literally called me like, what the, what is this? What's yeah. going on? Yeah. Because he didn't know about redlining. He didn't know about the GI bill. He didn't know about Tuskegee. He didn't know about Tulsa. He didn't know yeah. about any of this stuff, you know? And so, when he realized it, though, I literally watched him go from a neutral guy, what nice white guy, yeah. to an active anti-racist. He literally the next day started doing things and saying things and calling me and was like, "We're going all black, everything on the road. Like, yeah. We don't have black uniforms. What are you talking about? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's like, no, black restaurants, black transportation, black. We're going to spend money with black businesses on the road. I'm like, that's great. He's like, yeah. I can do that. It's not, it's not going to change everything, right? But it's what I can do. Yeah. And I was excited because I one, I got to remember, I did this with my son, so I felt like my son had an ally. Yeah. When he went back right. to school, whatever happened, it was a person that at least was listening and trying to understand. So I reached out to the pen coaches, sent the video. Of my other son yeah. plays at the University of Pennsylvania. Sent them the video. And Nat Graham, one of the assistants, called me, responded, we talked, and he started writing articles in the medium. Three, four, five articles talking about people stepping up, needing to do something. So I said, you know what? I reached out to that organization I was telling you about, yep. Team Takeover Basketball. Yeah. And I said, everybody in America recruits these kids. Yep. I want these parents to feel as good about their coaches mm-hmm. as I do. Mm-hmm. So let's get them all and have a conversation. Yeah. And in three weeks, we sent out invitations to everybody in America. That wanted to recruit a Luca Garza. Yeah. That wanted to recruit, you know, a, 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 a Hunter Dickinson. Like, yeah. The kids in our program, and so everybody showed up, right? Of right. Uh huh. Uh huh. So over a hundred coaches, ESPNs on the call. Things are going, and so we have this call, and that starts this conversation. And we three days in a row, they show up. We have the talk. It's an uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. And then I'm think I'm done, but the schools keep calling back, and that's how we get to this work. 
Wow. And so it's a long story. No, I love it. We didn't just show up as a, we're not a DEI company. That's not, well, I'm an educator. I, yeah. was, I was home during the pandemic, you know, just continuing to grow and build. Mm -hmm. And this is what happened. This was the spot we were in. So again, as a part of the long, the length no, of that story. I, I love it. The story where there's so much in there. I mean, it's so impressive and inspiring. Even when you talked about for me as a, as a college coach too, wanting to be have action and for you as a parent to say, I felt like my son had an ally. That's what we're hopefully if we're in this for the right reasons, that's what we should be doing the job for. I know we recruit that with those words, Absolutely. but the actions probably were, were so much more. And it just that we're going all black on the road. Like my bells were ringing. Like, why am I not doing this when we're going to right. Chicago? This is doable. Talk exactly. about, I, I heard a lot from you in there. Where did this, like, I, I want to call it emotional fluency from you. You know, reading your sons, reading your own, you know, with that rage and that build. Is that a product of your education, your background? I think that's really hard for men, the work I do, right? It's really hard for men to read those cues in ourselves to where moments are ripe for me to dive in this conversation and where, no, no, no. This, if I enter now, I'm coming in a certain way that's probably not going to be productive. You know, I, I, I think the the entering into the conversation was never a problem for me. I've always been the person that's going to jump. My friends know I'm, if you say something around me, it's going to be a discussion. Yeah. About it. We're gonna, and that comes from my, my upbringing, my okay. parents. My, you know, my dad was very well, very well known for, for having his word be the word. Right? Yeah. So he, yeah. But, but willing to engage, you know, um, and, and, but I think the other part of that, though, my mom talked is about the grace because. I've often, I did not expect to engage in this conversation in that way. I was not voted most likely to get along with white people <laughs> and racism at my coming out of high school. That right. was not my, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So let me, let me say as much as I can say it, that by, but by entering into a space where, where I was just being honest about how I felt. And it really, again, a conversation is two people. Had mm. BJ received me differently, this is a whole, I'm not on, I'm, I'm hopefully I'm not on anybody's podcast for any reason. Right. Because had this not been received differently, this could have gone another way. So it, it's a two-way conversation. It was me being able to openly express what I was feeling, having a person that cared enough to listen to what yeah. I was saying, and then be inspired enough by information to where his empathy was activated and then things started happening. Yeah. So it, there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle. It's not just, you know, my, my resolve was one or my patience or whatever was one, but I, I like BJ. Uh -huh. I wanted him to understand what was happening. I wanted him to get it. I wanted mm -hmm. him to be different than the rest of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I found somebody in him that was different. And then also it was a different time. Yeah. Because I was speaking from a truth in a moment that I probably was never able to speak from at that space. I told my friends after George Floyd was murdered, you got at least at least 60 days at your job to be as angry of a black man as you are, you're not gonna fire. Mm -hmm. Like at this point, if you don't speak up and say all the stuff you're thinking at this point, you're never gonna have that shot again. Mm -hmm. So we moved in that spirit right yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. Um, so I think me being able to step into it and say what had to be said the way it needed to be said, you know, again, the first time I did this, I'm talking to four national champions. Jeez, yeah, right. I'm talking to and 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 their staff, and they showed up most likely, and not just them, but mo many of them showed up again. They didn't know who I was. Mm -hmm. It was three weeks we put the letter out. They knew who, who Takeover was. Yeah, and they showed up, and they were confronted with some with an uncomfortable conversation, and they had to respond. And again, they could have shut it down, and we yeah. wouldn't be here. But because a few of them responded and we ended up at schools like LSU and Florida and, and Penn and Gettysburg and Michigan, like we were just in a lot of different places. So, yeah. 
Yeah, so it was a, it's, 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 it's how I entered it, but it's also how it was received in the timing that we are being received right now. So powerful hearing you say he listened, right? He didn't, he, it wasn't, I, I'm assuming, and you can fill in if I'm inaccurate, like that's, that's rare too, men, white men. Oh, I have an answer for that. I have a solution for that. He just listened, which that that's and I love your your language, your verbiage around learned enough, like inspired him to act, not just like be trapped in that reflection and never move towards anything. It's one thing to learn. You got to learn to give a shit, right? And go. How'd you build your team? I'm I'm on your website, a longtalk.com team, uh, a diverse big group of folks with expert knowledge. How'd you go about connections? So the best thing about all this is I haven't had to work with a stranger yet. Oh, wow. Everybody you're looking at on our website, I've known at least 20 plus years. Some of them I've known my whole life, literally some, since I was seven or eight years old. Many of them either met in college or right after college when I started working in DC. Um, and that's just a testament to, to one, keeping good people in your life when mm. you need them, and then also recognizing when you need the help of people that you've come across in the past. Mm. And so being able to reach out to people that were close enough to me where I said, I think we got something here, I need some help. Um, and, and the team responded. My team is incredible. Like yeah. What you see, even what we started a year ago compared to how we're, you know, our efficiency, our model, everything that's working right now, I couldn't, the team is 100% in the driver's seat right now. We're, I'm just showing up and, and talking yeah. to people. That's, uh, it's, 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 it's so inspiring for me, myself, starting a, you know, a small business with a, with social justice and like a purpose in mind too. Um, where did the, the business savvy, is that from yourself, from team members, building a business, a business is the wrong word, the cause, but you, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, yeah. it's a function in the biggest pandemic in the last decade, in all century, talk about yeah. hurdles or even going about that process. Cause I, from my own experience, I know like this is great content. There's a business side to this. I gotta have people to give this to, right? Absolutely. Well, I, I will say this, that, you know, this was this was literally not started as a business at all. Like literally it was a conversation yeah. that we would have. And, and, and so the, again, which, which could have been disastrous when it became business, right? Yeah. Um, but usually, I'm usually joined in all these conversations um, with by uh, Kamal Carter. Okay. As you look on our website, Kamal is the president um, of the company. Uh, Kamal is a, a, a guy I met in college. My, my, he was a 15-year-old freshman at Hampton University Holy. when I was there. And we just connected, and I kind of looked out for him in a sense of... Um, you know, I, I could tell he was a special guy. He was in, he was brilliant. He yeah. was committed. He was loyal. He just was a great, a great kid. I was probably 18 or 19. He was a great kid. And um, we just connected and stayed connected. And he's done, I've watched him, or I've watched him from afar over the last 30 years of his life do some incredibly things in the business world and, and with doing all, I mean, incredible things that Kamal's been a part of. And I always knew that if I had something, and, and literally I called Kamal to even prepare for talking to the coaches before it became a business, because his level of professionalism. Yeah. And then also we just connected because he reached out and was like, how are you dealing with this George Floyd crazy stuff? Right. Right. So I was like, well, I'm doing this. And he was like, what? And then it went, and then so that's been the, you know, if I have to say that the, if for me, the story, the, 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 the content, if you will, but, mm -hmm. but Kamal's uh, ability to bring a, a vision and a framework to this, um, and some connections to this has been incredible. That's, um, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I love how you're talking about good people in your life, right? Uh, and I feel like these days in the, in the eras we were living through currently, it's it's almost it's, it's so vital, right? And there's a trust factor sometimes. Like you're going to be unveiled one way or other with this talk. 
you know, you're going to land one way or another. Let's take our first break. We got a ton to get back to uh, with Kyle, Kyle Williams from alongtalk.com. Process Streams Podcast encourages you in the face of everything we're going up against in terms of voter voter suppression, oppression in all forms, and all the things you've heard us on our platform advocate to stand up against. Check out StandUpAmerica.com. StandUpAmerica.com for action steps on how to go about combating and doing the work, not just retweeting, not just complaining to your dinner circle about what's going on in the country, taking steps, writing letters, joining phone banks, posting to your Instagram with links for people to donate, StandUpAmerica.com. We're back. Uh, Longtalk.com, Kyle Williams. I'm on right now. What is a long talk? I'm I'm envisioning, you know, a lot of our audience is coaches across sports. Uh, So, I, I, you know, like... Uh, it, the experience with you all, how do they get, what's it look, what are you doing? I know we've talked about the conversation in a video. What's it evolved to at this point they can expect without, I'm not giving your product away right away, but what, what can they expect? Here, I show up, I heard you on Cross the Streams, I got to be part of this. Well, I think the first thing is, I think it's kind of what they expect is when they show up is that they, they're, sign, they're signing up for an anti-racism activation experience. What, what all that means it just means that we're about to have a conversation about this conversation, mm. right? And, and here's the thing. When you think about why, why we're doing this, right? Why are we here? You know, America's going to be a better country when it lives up to the premise of uh, the promise of justice for all, right? When, when it gets to that place, when it's free from the debilitating effects of systemic racism and white supremacy that hold us back and keep us apart. That, that's that, when we get to that space, and a lot of people don't understand, they're not even sure what they don't know mm. right there's so much information they, they've learned some things and not other things but the biggest thing they don't realize that it goes beyond just personal feelings that it goes to systemic yeah. issues that it goes to policy that it goes to government and so we, because they don't understand the gravity of it they don't feel like it's something they need to get involved in right and so that's part of what we talk about when we talk about exchanging allies so when you think about what people need to come to expect this is not for everybody we're mm. not trying to convince racists Right. It's just something they need to do. We're trying to take some people who, who maybe have a feeling, maybe have an understanding, maybe you're on the fence, maybe mm-hmm. just don't know what they don't know and want to be like Coach Dunn and get activated by something because the information and empathy cues something in them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so with that in mind, the process is, you know, I'm an educator, so it's, it's, it's adult learning, but it's, you know, but it's also just a good learning process. To join our call, there's some pre-work you have to do first. So I love seeing that. Yeah, go into go that. Through. I loved seeing yeah. that. Yeah, but I, and so the pre-work is there's for, for, first thing is the, the only thing that's mandatory about our programming is the video I shared with Coach. Okay. Dunn, the history of race in America. You, you can there's about twelve other different things, videos, articles, short clips, different things you can look at. But that's the only one you have to do. And what happens is people um, respond and give a response. And by giving that response, you're sent the link to join the call. Like gotcha. you literally have to do that response to get it. Yeah, because that's the point. One, because okay. it's about prior knowledge to start the conversation. Again, we're not we're not convincing. It's not a debate. We're not convincing people. Yeah. This yeah. so is the background information on things you may not have known about this conversation, right? And so by taking, by starting with that, um, when it gives people an idea, it gives people an idea to, to, to what, uh, what's to expect. We, you know, we have articles in there. We're going to talk about white fragility. We're going to talk about the reconstruction era. Like mm-hmm. most people have no idea what, how that even relates to black lives matter and these kind of things. So it's a history lesson of sorts in the pre-work, but it's materials. Anybody, it's stuff we pulled off the internet. It's right. Not, I mean, right. And so 
what happens is with the pre-work, they also kind of introduce themselves. We use a, a board where they introduce themselves an image because we got people coming from all over the country that don't, don't know each other. Even when we work with schools, they're often in different departments, so they introduce themselves. All that leads up to this conversation where we go through three days, 90-minute sessions. And in that first session, we talk about um, un unpacking your truth. Mm. That's, the, that's the theme of the session. So yeah. we're going to talk about all that pre-work, all the stuff we did, people's prior knowledge and experiences, and we're able to have conversations around that. And the conversation is, is just real. We have some slides that guide it, but the conversation is led by the conversation. We're gonna ask some questions, bring some things. We use the chat feature in Zoom. Yeah. We bring some things and people, somebody might say something in the chat, we'll bring it into the conversation. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, and so that's our first day. It's, it's a heavy lift of kind of the, the information we right. went through, kind of sets the tone, the foundation of why, why yeah. we're here, why we must do something about this problem. The second day really takes us in to what we call finding your voice. And that's where we're kind of activating this, this anti-racist voice. And we've instituted something, we've, we've come up with something called the three-eye protocol, where we're changing the discourse of race, how you talk about race in America. People are arguing. People yeah. are arguing facts and miss, I got this, I got that. We change the whole discourse using our protocol. Uh, we, teach, we teach a different way to have the conversation. And we go on breakout rooms when we practice. Yeah. We actually have scenarios and role plays where people say things, and we challenge them with this protocol. And so it gives people a tool to walk away with right away. That's in that huge. Like they, they can't be, if I didn't have anything to take away, why did I come? I love that. Exactly. I love the exactly. tools and God, finding I, your voice. I said years of years of years of watching and sitting in bad. TV <laughs> and you're like, bro, I, I can, I got this. Right. <laughs> so, Who came up with, me, where's the anti-racist at every table? Where's that? For, I love it. What was that? You know, who's that? Is that a team thing? Your thing? I'm not, I can't remember exactly who said it, but it was one of those things where when someone said it, it was like, bing, it was like, that's Done. it right there. <laughs> because it really spoke to, I, it really speaks to, you know, the, the, the mission of this, the understanding of this is that it only takes, you know, it just takes one, one person to push back. That's the beginning of the pushback. So you just need one in every space. Mm. And if it's me versus 50, I just become the bubble that starts to push out. Mm -hmm. it, it's real, like, so it really is about, I'll tell you like this, and this is a good this is a good example. If we were sitting at a table, at, at a dinner table, and all of us smoke cigarettes, and and we we might spark up a cigarette, all of us in agreement and smoke a cigarette. But if one of us does not smoke a cigarette, this is our friend. Are we going to do that? Mm. No, we're not going to smoke the cigarette because that person is not going to suffer from our secondhand smoke. Right. See, we believe racism is the same thing. Uh. See, I remember very when I was first growing up. You could smoke cigarettes on airplanes. You could spark up in the cab That's of an not, airplane. Yeah. Think about this. That's the country this is not long ago. Right. This is, right. We could spark up in an airplane. You could, and, and we gave people that right, that privilege, that whatever you want to call it, because we're like, you know what? Bad choice for them, but it's not hurting me. Bad yeah. choice for them. And then the science literally showed us that it was killing us to allow them to have that liberty. Yeah. And so we said to them first, you should probably stop doing that because it's killing you. We're going to raise the price and put a big sticker. It's going to cost you more to do that. Yeah. If you still want to do it, you just got to take it outside. Mm -hmm. And so as a society, we just decided that that privilege we used to allow was no longer acceptable. And we just pushed them out into the rain on little yeah. tap yeah. places outside the umbrella. Well, we could see them and identify them, too. There they are. And, and it identified. And if someone was looking for them to join them, they knew where to go. <laughs> right. Too. Yeah. We're cool with that. The point being is we didn't do the same thing with racism. We need to make racists take that outside. Yeah, yeah. Like they just got to take it outside. And we had to be brave enough to just stand there and be that bubble and just push back 
and not be the one voice at the table mm-hmm. that says, nah, you can't do that here. That's awesome. That's, that's, that's amazing. That's so powerful. That's a great analogy. Love it. Where are you, you know, as you, as you talked about, it's very similar. Uh, it, it, it's similar to, you know, me. I know when people ask me, Kip, you know, this healthy manhood stuff, where are you getting this? Well, I'm not pulling it out of my brain, guys. It's available sourcing, right? Like, so where, where are you de- professionally developing? Obviously, life experience as a black man in America. Where, where else are you going? Is it, is it reading? Is it surf? Tell me genesis of all this knowledge and, and then trying to streamline it, like you said, into a framework of action. You know what's crazy, Kip, is that when I when I was started doing this, I told my mom one day because this came from a flurry of a, almost a manic state. I went I went into my reaction to George Floyd's murder and then this conversation and where when I was definitely in a I was in a it was it ended up being creative, but it could have been destructive. Oh it was yeah, very much. It was very difficult. It was a very difficult time. Um, and I, and I but when I when I my mother my mother told me one day when she she talked about taking my rage into something good, but more importantly, she was like, everything you've done in your life has prepared you for this moment. And what I realized, this is when I was getting ready to go talk to these coaches. Yeah. And I realized that literally every job I've ever held, the conversations of people that were closest to me, my 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 inquisitive knowledge as a, in my a, a journey of who's to question my teachers when mm. I was in school. I, I would say that, you know, I put it in my bio, but the birth of all this for me is hip-hop music. It's hip-hop culture. Let me okay. back up. I'm sorry, okay. not hip-hop music hip-hop culture um this is hip-hop what we're doing which is a whole nother podcast well, i was about to say we are man you got return you gotta rub yes <laughs> yeah. but but that but that was definitely that is definitely at the heart of being able to to you to use your voice mm. to, to to be able to, to to take a stand for what's right um and so it, it comes from so many sources but i mean conversations with teachers um, you know, my dad, who I lost in 2015, who as I went through this, I had to rely literally on con- remembering conversations that I had with him to keep me through, obviously reading. Um, but, you know, there it's just experiences. Yeah. And then and then more importantly, the courage to just tell the truth. Mm. Like of all those things that have been built in me, the probably the thing I've done my whole life, sometimes to my detriment is to just be blatantly honest with people sometimes. Mm-hmm. And when I had those coaches lined up. I just decided I'm going to tell them the exact 100% truth of what I believe about this subject. I'm not the subject matter expert, but I am of this conversation because yeah. I'm having it right now when no one else wants to have it. Right, right. You know, so, wow. So that was kind of a lot to go around, no, but it, it really, it. there really was no, I would say if I had to put something at the core is hip hop. Yeah. If I had to put something at the core, that also is education. I'm an, edu- I'm an educator. Right. My parents are educators. So teaching you know, being able to teach something that could that could do this work and change the world and then being able to do it my way and do it with, with truth and honesty and speak truth to power. Yeah, that's unapologetically hip hop. Do you find yourself, and I'm thinking about your te- our shared teaching background, you know, that talk about the different types of learning, different types of inputs you can use. Do you see your process and the framework you and your team use now adjusting, changing as we come out of the pandemic? keeping zoom more in purse talk about you know the different methods you you're going to be able to do going forward so so here's the thing in, in terms of our three-day experience that's just one part okay. of what we're doing right and so when we finish that third day when we activate people's activism we we do things we have a 30-day deep dive where we're gonna we're gonna ask people to watch to read cast the first 164 pages 
and watch when they wow. see us. Yeah. And then we're going to get on Zoom and talk some more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then every single month we have movies that we talk about. We, 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 we're watching Brown Sugar. You want to come? I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. So he's signed up for the count. People, we ask people to watch Brown Sugar and then just come talk about it. And the reason for this is what, we've, what we understand. This is a long-term conversation. And for us to understand, for white people to understand black people and to care about black people and to care about black culture, they need to have their lens widened on black culture. And so a lot of people, you know, whether we should teach black, white people this, I'm a teacher. I've been teaching my whole life, my whole life. So if people that want that showing up, that want to learn, that want to understand, we invite them, whoever, whoever wants to show up to talk about brown sugar, mm -hmm. I'm good with having that conversation right. with anybody, yeah. right, in the right spirit. So our, I say all I to say is our community kind of is what, what we pull to, right? Okay. The community is what we, what we, what we continue to grow to. So, um, I forgot your original question. Now. Oh, sorry. just like, cause you're currently with the pandemic, you probably had to be oh, virtual right. connecting. How we shift and transform. Yeah. How we shift. So, so, all right. So as our community continues to grow, that's, that's our phase. So when we, when we talk about how we approach it is two, two ways. we we believe that the best way to have this conversation the first time this in our long talk is definitely on zoom. Mm. And the reason why I say that it allows us the technologies that are that live and in person doesn't one it's actually much more intimate mm. right it's i gotta maintain eye contact i can't be I can wandering and eye contact i can watch when you're not making oh. versus you've been in the fifth row yeah it also keep but it also allows you to not have to be in the fifth row it allows you to be in the comfort of your own home to have an uncomfortable conversation mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. would not get the same conversation if i was sitting next to somebody and once the mic went away i had to sit there with what i just said yeah but on my Zoom, I can say what I have to say and turn my camera off if I need to break after that, right? And so what it what it creates it creates a space where we can be brave. Yeah. That that right now we're just not ready to do live and in person. I don't care if it's pandemic or not. Right. 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 But also it allows us to have the communication. So we have breakout rooms. Yeah. Like imagine a live breakout room session. I just wasted twenty minutes moving people. Right. Right. Just our calls up to eighty five, one hundred people on our call. Right. Right. And so we're able to go into breakout. So we, so the technology is good for the conversation. And it allows us to connect with people all over the country, all over the world. We have people from all over the world that have been on our calls. Now, yeah. Right. And so that for that piece, but because we are building community and because we are building spaces, like on some of these universities, some of these universities have goals of having a thousand anti-racists on the campus. So think about a major university like you see on our website with 40,000 students of a thousand of them participated in a long talk and had a thousand boots on the ground, if you will, that were active and having this conversation and, and, and teaching it. We definitely see ourselves going there and representing right. with them. So we'll, you, I, I see the live being more of a gathering. Yeah. You know, after this first yeah. kind of initial wave, but yeah, a, a gathering of our community is what I see. Do you envision, or maybe this is already part of, you know, like you mentioned, it's not just the first three days. Do you envision this right now? I'm, I'm, I'm hearing just the coach, like mostly coaches. Are they bringing their players, or are you training them to go back to their teams more authentically and more equipped? So we, we've actually, we've actually, the, the model continues to grow. We've done everything from athletic departments, which okay. included coaches and directors. We've done actual teams. Okay. But we've met with, you know, with teams, um, uh, men's and women's teams. Um, we've done, we've met with, uh, we've met, we're meeting right now. We have a call uh, tonight, tomorrow, with coaches <laughs> for change. Oh, so right. A, yeah. A group of coaches that are in the, you know, with, with Coach Carmen. And so, so the, we've, we've reached, it, it's, it reaches all it works, yeah. I'll give an example. We, we just did a call with uh, West Virginia University. Okay. West Virginia, we have 55 people on the call representing nine different colleges and universities. Wow. 
at West Virginia. Yeah. Undergraduate and graduate. Um, people that were in the media department, but also the education and the finance and the economics. So we had, so it was more so it, the conversation has, athletics was our on-ramp. Yeah. The conversation there has gone viral. I love yeah, it. The, the conversation has gone viral. How do you, you know, as engaged as you, I loved how you mentioned before, it was a creative space. It could have been destructive at some point, right? How do you refill capacity for this? These are heavy talks, right? I'm sure they're, you know, people talk about trauma a lot, and it's one thing to open up wounds. You got to have the skill to suture them back up at some point, too. And as facilitators, I know if I, you know, I do three or four days of talking to folks about sexual violence, that shit's heavy, right? Yeah. So how do you refill yourself uh, and, and then, you know, to go back out there? Well, I think, I think at the heart of it, I realized the opportunity that we have. It's not about me. Mm. I said on one of the, I've said before, you know, if Nat Turner had Zoom, we may have been to this shit a while. <laughs> That's right? a great one. I, I understand. Yeah. I understand the timing. I understand the opportunity. I understand the allies that have been gathered that, that are, that are activated. We have some people and some, everything you see on our website, all those people and places, those are literally referrals. Mm -hmm. We don't advertise mm -hmm. our, our website. You wouldn't find it if you didn't talk to us. Right. But it's real. Those are literally referrals. And, and so, when, when, when I see people like the Aspen Institute reach out to us and ask us to do a workshop, when the junior MBA asked, reached out and asked to do a workshop, I understand those lanes are not given to people for me to sit there like, man, I got to talk about slavery yeah. one more time. Nah, right. it's not even an option. So, you know, I feel like a baton is being passed. Mm. I literally, I mean, Kip, we're in this to end this. Mm. We have 15, we have a 15 year game plan yeah. to do exactly what I said and what was done with, with smoking in, in America. Yeah. We're not saying people have the right to die as it's, it's a war on ignorance. Mm. Mm. We're going to educate to end hate. People have the right to remain ignorant and die. Yeah. That's, extinction is part of the 15 year. Ah, game plan. There it you is. There it like, is. Understand that. Yeah. So, so we, so the, the, the opportunity that we have, yeah, there's no, I mean, we, we, I have a love, I have a team, I have rituals, I have hip hop music that refreshes me, but I also have the strength of my ancestors. Mm. If, if the worst thing I gotta do to overcome uh, a, a racism and, 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 and put a dent in white supremacy is to just retell their story, that can't be that hard for me. Yeah. I didn't have to, I'm, tell, I'm just telling the story of the people who actually did this shit that's making it hard for me to talk about. Yeah. yeah so yeah, there's yeah. no room for, you know, you know, it, yes, we have to we have to be intentional about self care and, and I do my team does a great job. We 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 make sure that we refresh. Mm. But the spirit of it is that if I had to do five calls a day, let's go line them up, that's, line them up. Yeah, that's awesome. Before I let you go, you know, as a coach and you know you're in the hoops game as an educator, you know, there's assessments and you talk about your vision in the 15 years. How, what are the mile markers for this? This is working. What are is it anecdotal success stories, referrals back? Is it expansion? of who wants it, how are you guys tracking success? Well, well obviously, um, you know, when you're, we're, we're talking about building a nation, we're talking about putting in anti-racist at every dinner table. So we're talking about millions of people that we're looking to engage. And so obviously the, the numbers are, the metrics are, are important, are important in terms of making, making that impact, having that opportunity, right? Yeah. So we've 1500 people have gone through it in, in 12 months. We're looking to to make that about one hundred and fifty thousand by the end of this wow. year. Wow! Right? Yeah. In about a year's time from now, in right? In our next twelve months, with the opportunities that sit in front of us, and then we look at that just being able to grow exponentially over time until we get fifteen years, and we'll, wherever that number reaches, that number will reach. But more importantly, it's the impact that we're having. Mm. Like for instance, you've never been through a long talk. 
But by having this conversation with me, you're already thinking about supporting black businesses on the road. That's right. that's that's the measurement. Right. The, the, the anti-racist action. And again, it's not it's it, you, you understand it's about making choices of, of being intentional yeah. about the pushback, intentional about what I can do. So so that's so things like that. I could tell you story after story um, of, of 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 people whose lives are being changed by this work. Mm. Black, white. Imagine being a black coworker and being one of the few people at one of these universities or one of these institutions that I work with. Yep. And then, you, you know, and you've been there for years. And then you join a call that is a real, honest, active work group about racism and, and anti-blackness and being a voice against that in the world. And this is the job you've been working at for 15 years. We've had people, black people who sat in this and looked around like, y'all just saved my life because I was about to kill somebody. <laughs> <up here." laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> like, but right? literally, so even the impact on white people becoming allies, it's about us working together, right? Mm -hmm. It's about being able to people to really say, you really gonna be like, are you, that's why we make our community so sustainable. Mm -hmm. I didn't even tell you about our 12 month program, the Pillars of Change that was built in conjunction with UPenn that literally has a 12 month plan, yeah. a, a touch point. We meet with them once a month for people that want to take Continue. the real deep yeah. dive. And we have everyone from 10th grade students in Martha's Vineyard on in that group up to, to you know, to coaches, ADs, wives of our, of, of presidents of universities, retired librarians from the, you know, the wood, the hills of Georgia, yeah. like people who are in, invested in coming are in part of this conversation. So there's so many wins yeah. um, that we've had that, you know, that as they continue to wrote, check out our, check out our newsletter. Cause as they, yeah. we, we do highlight our, what's going on, because we've had some, I, I could go on and on, no, you know, but it. even, even just the people that have stepped up to help us get where we are, the allies that have opened doors for us. Mm -hmm. Those are the type of things that are literally been activated and, and are in play. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, man. I wish we had three hours because we could go forever. Uh, longtalk.com. Uh, on there, too, they can sign up for the newsletter. Yeah? On thelongtalk.com? So, yes. Perfect. So. And then on Twitter, it's a Long Talk 2020? Correct. At a Long Talk 2020. Kyle, yeah. man, I, I'm so impressed. I'm inspired over here. On so many I, levels, man. It's uh, I'm so thankful for Aaron. Soon. Yeah, man. I'm so happy Indeed. Aaron connected us. Uh, we're we're very lucky to have you, sir. Continued success in the in in the work in the 15 year plan, man. We're gonna get them out in the non smoking section. I love it. I love it. Content reminder: the opinions expressed on today's episode are those of the hosts and guests alone and should not be viewed as reflective of the opinions of the institutions or employers of the hosts and guests.